Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Saturday, October 31st, 2020. Hopefully, it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. Happy Halloween to all you crazy kids out there who are going to go trick-or-treating or to Halloween parties and you're dressing up, doing your thing. Respect to you guys. We actually had uh, our girl Lisa here rode her bike uh, today. Uh, Lisa rides her bike here uh, basically almost every day. She comes to work out and train with us. And she dressed up as the Wicked Witch from Wizard of Oz. And she had the entire outfit on and she was riding her bike uh, in here. And even on her bike, she had a little uh, fake Toto in the basket and these looks like a broom attachments on the back of her bicycle as she's riding down uh, Scottsdale Road here. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people gave her waves and uh, it just brightens your day in a rather strange kind of very polarizing time uh, of the year here with all the things that are going on. So it's nice to uh, nice to see that in a, something that lighthearted and fun. It's actually on my Instagram uh, right now and uh, it, it brightened my day for sure. So hopefully the story of that brightened yours as well. Now, with today's episode, I'm going to do a Q&A series. All the questions came from you guys uh, via Instagram, DM. I think i got about 10 slides to get through. I'll get through as many as I can. Uh, I still got to work out and do some important stuff, but I want to get to your guys' questions because I do value them and I want to give you the answers that you are looking for. But before I jump in, reminder, our 50 Days of Fitness Challenge is kicking off here in 10 days from right now is when we close registration. So the program starts November 11th till December the 31st. It's the last 50 days of the year. We will do some form of working out every single day. There's workouts that are programmed in there that will come to you. I'll share a ton of my personal stuff and stuff we do in house here with you guys. So it'll be fun and uh, a different level of accountability to help you eat better, train better, be more active and you hopefully eat less crap and drink less, you know, shit during this time of the year so you don't tank all the hard work you put in over the last 10 months. Or if you found yourself in a funk and now you're slowly starting to come out of it, I think this would be great for you guys. And obviously if you're, you know, not working out in a gym setting or you can't make it to one or you don't feel comfortable with one or whatever it may be, these workouts can all be done from home. And again, I'm going to share a ton of extra stuff on top of what we've already programmed in there. So it'll be fun. It'll be funky. The link is in my Instagram bio right now. If you guys have questions, hit me up. Uh, I'm happy to give you a small podcast discount code and that's what we got cracking in terms of that. And the podcast itself today is brought to you by my homies at athletic greens if you guys are still not taking athletic greens and you're not eating enough vegetables every single day and you want to make your immune system you know strong and badass to be able to fight off all the junk that comes your way i would urge you guys to pick it up if you want 20 free travel packs reach out to me i'm happy to share the link with you so you can get 20 free travel packs i'm working with them on a new offer here soon but for now it's still 20 free travel packs and if you're really on the fence, you're like, well, Jeremy, I've heard you talk about it 8 million times, but I'm really not sure. I'll have Monica send a pack right to your front door. You can ask probably, we'll probably send out at least 500 individual packs at this point over the last year or so. And everybody says the same thing. You're right. It, it's the best tasting greens I've ever tasted. It makes me feel better. Thank you. Now I'm hooked on it. So that is where we're at. And again, if you guys are, what's the benefits of it, Jeremy? Well, supports your immune system. Gut health, digestion, liver function, hormone function. It gives me more energy is what, is what I truly feel. 
Uh, it helps support brain function. It helps support blood sugar levels that are already in kind of normal ranges. And for all you guys out there, it's this is all these guys do. They make other products too, which I can talk about later. They, this is like the 53rd or 54th iteration of this. Like they've made it taste this way and, and made it this good because they're just, they're trying to make it the, the holy grail of like, like stuff to take, right? So again, there's no GMOs, no herbicides, no pesticides, no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or sweeteners. There's no gluten, no dairy, no corn, eggs, peanuts, no animal byproducts, no lactose, no sucrose, and no dectrose. So basically it works if you're a vegetarian, vegan, paleo, keto, it doesn't matter. It can work for you guys. And so I wouldn't harp on it as much if I didn't take it every single day. And it's something that my wife and I never miss. And we're traveling tomorrow and the next day here. And the travel packets will be with me. And I'll post them on my Instagram so you guys can see them. It's the one thing that I'm never too lazy to take. And that's why they are a staple in my day. So if you're interested, 20 free packs I'll give to you. Or I'll have Monica mail one right to your front door. But without further delay, before I fall asleep here and become demotivated to work out myself, we're going to do this Q&A series. Again, all questions you guys have asked and sent me. Full disclaimer, I have not reviewed these, so I'm just going to read them as they come. Unless they look overly inappropriate, then I will skip over them. Because sometimes you guys are acting like Instagram DMs is, you know, Grindr or Tinder or something like that. And, uh... It is just Instagram. It is not a dating site. I'm an old married dude, so I have no interest in all these creepy comments. But I appreciate you uh, engaging us regardless. So without further delay, how to start working out and dieting after a long break. Honestly, just jump in, man. Uh, we take people here shallow and deep end. So people here who haven't worked out in you know three months or six months or maybe because of this season of life they haven't shown up. We start them slow aerobic work, mobility, tissue work, foam rolling, and just starting with the basics, body weight, squats, lunges. And with the food stuff, it, it depends on your personality type. Some people are, you know, cold turkey, cut everything and then jump in. Some people gradually do it. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but you just got to pull the trigger. You really do. There's no perfect time to start working out. There's no perfect time to start eating right. The, the most beneficial time was yesterday. The next best time is today. It's not Monday. It's not January 1st. There is no magic in it. You just have to do it. And you have to make little changes day after day after day. Any success I've had in anything in my entire life is just because of the small daily principles and rituals and practices I put into play. And because I just, I wasn't willing to quit. I just kind of kept going. And when I messed up, I tried to do better. And I tried to learn from my mistakes and move forward again and again and again. And don't worry about being perfect. Just keep you know, if you fucked up today, oh well, then, then tomorrow's a new day. Or if you if you messed up at lunch, dinner's a new meal. You, you, you literally can take it meal by meal, day by day, week by week, month by month, however you want to break down the increments, but you just have to put in the effort. And it's the people who can consistently be active, the people who can consistently eat right are the ones who are the most successful. That's it. There's no special ridiculous methodology to it. There's no magic power. It's just self-discipline repeated over time. I know you want me to say something else, but that's all there is. That's all that's ever worked for me in anything I've ever done because very few things, if anything, have came naturally to me. I just had to bang on the craft over and over and over again. And that's why I love health and fitness. The main reason because it allows you to feel and move a certain way that most people are never going to feel. And it really is a byproduct of the hard work you've put in. 
but it's something where you get a fair return on your investment. You really do. A lot of things in life, there's a lot of outside factors that, you know, kind of screw you over, um, whether it be the, the government or the stock market or, you know, the world or you name it. There's a lot of things that, that you can't control, but in terms of what you eat and how hard you train and how you sleep and take care of yourself, you're going to get the biggest ROI on that. So you just have to start doing it. And I think if you can do it long enough and not keep checking the scoreboard, what I mean is like always looking at the scale or always looking in the mirror or always, you know, looking at numbers, just put your head down and do the work. And then eventually come up every now and then and check the scoreboard and see where you're at. But if you're feeling better and you've been doing the right things day after day, after day you'll be successful. So the best way to start after a long break is just just do it. Just do what you can on day one and build on that every single day afterwards. Number two, B-Day is coming up for this person. Awesome. Happy birthday. And ideas to celebrate alone other than feasting with food. You know, on my birthday, I just try to do things that I enjoy, that I personally like, that work for me. And for a lot of years, uh, I would go bowling by myself, which this year I didn't because I, I think the bowling alleys were closed because of this shit show we're stuck in which was depressing. Um, or I'd go to a movie theater by myself, which this year as well, that was closed. Uh, the only other things I really like to do outside of that is for me, it's just, it's activities and experiences. My wife did take me to uh, a beautiful property here um, in Southern Arizona at, uh, at the Ritz Carlton, which is kind of tucked away in the middle of nowhere, which was very nice. It's my favorite uh, Ritz Carlton property. And uh, that was a great time for me. But Things to celebrate, I like to be active. So if it's, you know, going to shoot hoops, like I literally just put my AirPods in, put on some hip hop and, and just and shoot baskets for a while. Obviously, my birthday's in August and I live in Arizona, so it's about 120 degrees. But I will wake my ass up super early and drive out to the outdoor shooting range, which again, I'm a fan of firearms. I grew up with them my whole life. I appreciate them. Uh, I know a lot about them. I enjoy that. It's, you know, a stress reliever for me and it's just a fun activity and it's a skill and I like it so I will do things like that so my advice would be obviously eat and drink things you like but like I always send off the podcast on your birthday you know do something for yourself take a day to just be with you or do shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to and especially on your birthday so if you're solo do the things that make you the happiest watch the movies you like to watch do the activities you like to enjoy reminisce and, and just appreciate Another, you know, year on the planet. Next one. Keep posting your Sunday workouts. Haven't stopped yet. Next one. How to maintain prime fitness while handling a lower back injury. It really just depends on, you know, what the severity is for sure. Uh, you know, the most common one we see here is people have issues with, uh, what is that, like uh, L4, L5 or like L5, S1, something like that, like the lower back stuff. You know, go to your doctor, go to your PT, see what they say, see what you're cleared to do, and uh, really hone in on your nutrition. Hone in on your mobility and do things that don't irritate it and really just focus on that. And probably not so much about load, but, you know, focus on time under tension, really uh, body weight control stuff, putting your body in a position to be successful and really taking care of all the other aspects of your life around that injury and I had a conversation with the lady today I'm like even if I had you know broke my leg knock on wood I never do I would still come in here and train upper body I would still train the other leg I would do everything I possibly could to keep everything else running 
as efficiently as I can and doing things within, you know, obviously the guidelines of the, the people I consider to be experts, you know, in, you know, the medical field. Next question. Recommended favorite program to build muscle, 5x5 German volume training, uh, full body. There's a lot of ways you can build muscle. There really is. Um, you know, 5x5 programs, cool if you like that stuff. The German uh, volume training is great too. There's a lot of Max OT is great. Uh, we have a 10 weeks to rip program that we share with people in our inner circle. That is great. Again, I, I just think it's time effort and consistency and every body type is going to be a little bit different in terms of building muscle what works some people do better with you know super heavy stuff some people do better with the you know hypertrophy high volume stuff some people are better of a mix in between it really just comes down to your genetics and your time and what you're willing to put in but i think if you're eating the right way in a calorie surplus and you're patient and you're lifting you know heavy enough loads with good enough volume, you're going to build muscle over time. And age range training obviously matters. So if you're 14 or 24 or 54, there's going to be a ceiling of how much muscle you can put on. We have podcasts on this as well, if you guys want to give that a listen. But really, I don't have a specific one favorite program because I like so many different programs and so many different things have worked for me at different times of my life. So without knowing everything about you, hence that's why we coach people, you know, individually and try to build things that work for them. It's tough to answer. Next question. Have you ever suffered a pulled muscle injury? How did you best recover? Yes, I actually pulled a hamstring years ago doing outdoor sprints with a group of one of our transformation uh, challenge folks. And it was like the last sprint. And these were, I say sprints loosely. They're fast runs, like long, fast runs. But I was going, you know, probably, you know, 85%. And just my hamstring just... It just popped. You could feel it. It was just a pop, and it got super tight. And uh, my butt cheek turned black and blue. I couldn't walk real well. I actually was competing in um, the Fit USA competition for Bodybuilding.com probably about five weeks after that, or maybe even a month after that. So I could really do no aerobic work as I was used to, and it was really tough. I actually remember the first day I came back. I did it on a what day was that? Was it a Saturday? I either did it on a Saturday or a Sunday. And I remember I came back to work and I couldn't even like touch my toes. I couldn't, I could barely walk. My leg had to be stiff. Even if I would hinge at the hips, I could feel it pull and not in a good way. So it was really time, man. Really all you can do is time. You can do light massage. You can ice it. You can elevate it. You can do all those things. But a pulled hamstring takes forever. Pulled abdominal muscle takes even longer. Pulled calves, which I've done that as well. It takes time and it's, it's annoying and you really just have to, you know, go through light mobility work, light massage, and don't do anything to stretch that tissue even further because you've already ripped the, the muscles. You're, you're, they're tearing. You don't want to do any further damage. So just take your time, work around it best you can, and uh, don't rush it for sure. It's just uh, one of those things where it's just unfortunately just has to heal, and uh, it'll probably always feel a little bit different or at least for quite a while. Next one. Uh, any tattoos? Yes, I do. I have a tattoo on my left leg that says KV Family, which you guys have heard me talk about uh, that before. And uh, something that's very important to me and always has been and always will be a very special, uh, unique group of individuals that I've been lucky to be part of for, man, I'm getting old, uh, over 20 years now. And uh, very blessed to, to have that in my life. Next one. Warming, warming up and working out after eating 
don't really understand the question. Yes, doing uh, some form of movement prep, whether it be tissue work, foam rolling, and mobility is important. You should do that all the time, especially movement prep work, depending on if you're going to go upper body, lower body specific, or body part training. And working out after eating, it's fine if you feel okay. If you're going to eat whole food, I would probably wait at least an hour, if not two hours. If it's liquid stuff, maybe 30 minutes to an hour is probably fine, and then I wouldn't eat anything super heavy. Whenever I did that, especially if I wanted to do like squats and, and deadlifts, I always found myself wanting to puke afterwards. So I tend to always train faster or train fasted most of the time. If, if I have anything before, it's rare. It'd be if my schedule got funky and I had like a, a perfect bar or something with athletic greens and then just went and trained. But oftentimes it's just water and coffee and I just rip it. Next question, how to Metcom program with a bike ski in a row? Any way you want, really. Um, we have tons and tons of, of these in our house records here. We do them in our Sunday Metcons. We do them in our group training. It, it, it really, it depends what you want to get out of it. I mean, we can talk about programming for five straight hours, honestly, but uh, it's, it's tough to get specific on a podcast because a lot of people I, would be speaking programming and it wouldn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to them. So for another day. Next one, your thoughts on organic foods versus non-organic foods, non-GMO, grass-fed, cage-free, etc. I'm a fan of organic foods. Obviously, if you can afford to do it, do it. Do I think everything has to be organic? I don't uh, think that at all. If you can buy everything organic, awesome. And if that's everything you ate, I think you'd be doing okay. Do I think if you eat non-organic stuff, it's going to kill you? I do not. Again, I'm not a medical professional. I'm just a gorilla in a warehouse here speaking to millions and millions of people um over time and uh but that's my take on it hopefully you know take it for what it's worth if you value my opinion i know some people you know if they see me drinking a diet soda or you know drinking a powerade zero they're like oh my god it has fake sweetener in it and sucrose is going to kill you i'm like no it's not we literally did a whole podcast on diet soda. Is it safe for you or not? So you can listen to that as well. But I do think if you can eat organic, great. There is lists out there of things that are better to eat organic than non-organic. There's like a dirty dozen. There's a clean 15. You guys can literally Google dirty dozen organic list, clean 15 organic list. All that stuff will pop up. I'm not going to read through all of them because it's boring, but that's an option. Uh, I am a fan of, of things that aren't completely fake, you know, so I'm not a huge fan of all the genetically modified shit that is out there again in moderation i think you guys can do a lot of stuff am i going to say don't ever go eat crumble cookies or eat cinnamon rolls or have oreos or have real ice cream no i'm not going to say that or you can't eat sprinkles because they're fake no sprinkles well you can only eat sprinkles if you're a winner first of all so if you're a loser no you can't eat sprinkles sprinkles are for winners but i do believe like you can have some of that stuff in your diet and in your life it just can't be the base of everything you do like the, the base of what you do has to be whole, real, nutrient-dense foods that runs and swims it flies. If it can be organic, great. If not, do the best you can with the budget and the resources that you have. I'm a fan of grass-fed, grass-finished beef. There is a difference there. Some people do it's just grass-fed and then it's grain-finished. I'm a fan of grass-fed, grass-finished. Do I only eat that? No. There's times where I eat, you know, grain-fed meat. I think it tastes great. I, I really do. Like, if you go, there's certain restaurants that's only what they serve because the chef believes that is a better flavor, tasting quality of meat. I personally like the wild stuff. I really do. Um, I do believe in the, the omega fortified eggs, the you know, pasteurized, the, the cage free, the real ones. I don't eat the fake fish if that is any consequence. 
I am a I will not eat farm-raised salmon. I only eat the wild-caught stuff. That's me. That's what I personally like, and I feel like that's where the nutrients are. There's certain fish I don't eat. I wouldn't eat tilapia and those bottom-feeding bullshit fish like that. I like to eat things as as close to real as possible. I I love deer. Um, I love elk. I like all the wild stuff for sure. Um, But again, I do eat a mix of it because, you again, I'm a real person. I travel around. I go to certain places. So I make the best with what I can. Again, it's not what you do some of the time. It's what we do most of the time that matters. So again, fan of organic, fan of grass-fed, grass-finished, and a fan of things that aren't uh, completely fake. But if you have some of those in your life, I think you're going to be okay if the bulk of what you're doing is healthy, real, whole, nutrient-dense food. Next one. Training and eating for different body types, ectomorph, endomorph, mesomorph. Yeah, it's uh, it really comes down to goals as opposed to body type. Now, obviously, there's certain things. If you're, you know, an ectomorph, you're the skinniest of the skinny. And then, like, the endomorph is, like, you're naturally just the bigger, heavier person. And then the mesomorph is, like, the athletic type kind of in the middle. So, obviously, if you're an ectomorph, you probably have to eat more. And if you want to build muscle, you probably have to do less aerobic work, probably more strength-focused work. And if you are, you know, are the endomorphs, you probably, you probably can't get away with eating as much crap. And you can still do all the strength work, but you might have to have a higher output to reach the same level of it. Or maybe not. It just really depends on person to person. But for me, I think the food is the bigger thing more than just the training. Again, you, you can be ripped with doing no aerobic work, and you can be ripped with doing a ton of aerobic work. Again, some of us are luckier than others with what we can get away with, but we all have a gift naturally one way or the other. If you have a friend who's naturally bigger, he probably builds muscle faster. If you have a friend who's naturally skinnier, and they probably get leaner quicker, but they have a harder time building muscle. So it, it really it really just depends on, again, the age you're in, what the goal is. But yeah, for different body types, there's going to be, the way I look at it, not how you should eat or train, you can get away with more or less in certain avenues than the other body part type can. Next one. Is there a difference between... Or is there a difference or benefit from following a structured program or individual workouts? Yes. Again, it comes down to the goal. Is what? How specific is your goal? What do you want to get out of it? Do you want to look a certain way? Do you want to move a certain way? Is it performance? Do you want to just be strong? Are you doing something for sport? Is it just aesthetics? Based on that, yes. A structured program is always going to be better than just slopping together individual workouts. However, for a lot of people... I think them just being active every day, doing things they enjoy, is going to be more beneficial than them following this regimented program. And the reason I say that is only because I think if you're having fun and you feel like it's exciting and it's mixing things up, I think you're more apt to do it. So what we do in a lot of our online coaching programs, and here when you come in, a lot of our people might feel like the workouts, oh, they're always different, but yet they're always the same. That's the way I think of it because we've done this for so long. We're mixing up and, and chopping and, and serving it in a little bit different fashion with different rep schemes or different rest periods or different uh, protocols of loading or we're pairing the workouts differently, but we're doing them in a program format. In a lot of our online stuff we do, we might, I'm trying to think of them, what's the program we've done. We did like this five-week face melter. I think that's a different workout every Monday through Friday for the entire program. I just finished a new one, which is like this 30 for 30, which I think is the best 
fitness programming content we've ever done, which will come out sometime next year. And that is a different protocol each week. Now, this 50 Days of Fitness we have coming out, every Sunday we're giving you one of the Sunday Metcons. So those are seven unique workouts that are designed to murder you. I believe there's 14 other unique workouts outside of that. Is there 14 or 15? I just I spent six hours on the computer yesterday. Anyways, those ones we're going to cycle through multiple times. So you would do workout one, I believe, two or three times during the program. You will do workout two, two or three times during the program to see how you improve over time. And the reason I say the programming is better than just the individual stuff is because you're getting a chance to test yourself multiple times. So you get to see, okay, if I do split squats with this weight for these reps, how do I improve from week one to week three? If I'm overhead pressing, how do I improve from week two to week four? Does that make sense? Like, instead of just doing something different over and over and over again, you're never really mastering anything. When you're on a program, you're getting to master something. You're getting to repeat certain workouts, repeat certain protocols and certain steps to see how you increase in whether it's you know speed, load, tempo, volume, whatever you're, you're measuring by. So yeah, I do think a program is always going to be better than just slopping together individual workouts. But there is something to be said about both depending on a personality type and, and what the goal is. Again, it really comes down to that. Obviously, I think everybody would always be better on a structure program. I just know a lot of people don't appreciate fitness that way in the way that I appreciate fitness and deliver it to myself is not the exact same way I deliver it to the general public because I know my personality type in terms of that is not the same. I'm a wash, rinse, repeat guy. You know, I could watch the same TV show 10,000 times, hence The Office. I can listen to the same song for seven days in a row. Like, I do these things. I'm an OCD repetitive. I can shoot a basketball for two hours straight. I can go to the shooting range and just shoot the same target over and over and over and over and over again. I can bang on the same single skill. Most people are not wired that way. It would drive them crazy and be overly boring, and then they would quit fitness, and they wouldn't be successful. So take that for what it is. Pointers for working out over 40. I think we did a whole podcast on this, uh, what it would be, so you guys can look that up and, and check it out. It's very detailed. Next one, typical recovery day, ideal recovery day, how to attack a six-day workout. A recovery day, man, it really depends on the individual, how you feel, man. Um, I think you really got to listen to your body. It's kind of like, uh, let's say Ironman, for example. I think they say for every hour you train, or no, excuse me, every hour the race takes you, that's how many days off of training you should take. So if it takes you 10 hours to, to finish the Ironman, you should take 10 days off of training after that to let the body heal and recover. I don't know if that's a, a perfect scenario or I don't remember where I heard that. Maybe Jimmy Williams told me that. We have some Ironman that come here. I know we got a guy now, he's doing an Ironman in, in a couple weeks and then he's going to take, I think, like an entire month off or like three weeks off because he's been training for it and then he's going to try to, you know, I think PR it. It really just depends. For me, I tend to walk. I foam roll, I do some mobility stuff, and that's about it. I really just try to uh, to be active. I might throw in some body weight stuff, but nothing super crazy. I just really try to uh, to listen to my body and not be stupid at this point. And there's no badge of honor for being, you know, hurt or super tired or super sore. I just think it's dumb, and it holds you back from reaching your full potential. And uh, how to attack a six-day workout? It really again depends on the goals. We got tons of programs here uh, where people do that, and. Uh, Again, it depends on the individual and what you're trying to get out of it. Next question. How do you podcast prep and equipment and keep things fun and fresh? Well, to answer, how do I podcast prep? Uh, if it depends if we have a guest in, which 
It's uh, It's been weird, obviously, this year because i got a lot of fun people listed. I'm just trying to find times where it works for all of us because their schedule and my schedule and obviously all the, you know, pandemic bullshit. But uh, if it's somebody coming on, I learned about them, their history, who they are, uh, what they can share, what they want to do, what questions can I ask them that I want to selfishly know, what I think is interesting, what they're going to provide value for you guys. If it's for me and it's these questions here, well, I didn't prep anything. I'm just reading them off one by one by one. If I don't know the answer, I'll tell you. If it's other topics, I, I've done my research. And if I don't know something, I'll reach out to the friends of mine who are much smarter than me. If it's nutrition, I'll ask Microsoft something. I'll ask, you know, if it's fitness related, I'll ask DJ, I'll ask BJ. I'll reach out to friends of mine and we'll, we'll share best practices. I'll reach out to our doctors and our physicians and I'll, and I'll get their, their take on it and see if there's any PubMed articles that they've written in and published and put out in terms of equipment um we have a we record an h6 zoom recorder if you guys are familiar with those it's a it's a four-person mic setup so we have four people on the mics at one time we connect that to um an art accessories uh, head amp so if you're watching on youtube i can probably even show you guys it's uh these fancy recorders right here that are plugged in and then i don't forget what are the names of our microphones with these really fancy uh, broadcast like tectonic microphones are like 300 bucks a piece it's expensive stuff all this equipment is not cheap like just the zoom recorder this amp these plugins and these microphones i think is like a thousand dollars probably even more than that and then obviously you know you have a memory cards and we load it into a mac and it's it's a lot of stuff it's um and i have to shout out to um they get your shit together girls um jenna gribble came in and showed me how they do their entire podcast they have such a more advanced setup than I ever had. Now I, now we're on the same level. So thank you, uh, Jenna, for that. But uh, they walked me through how to do all of it because I was just a dude who used to turn a, an iPhone on and just ramble into it. And I, shit, I remember back in the day, like I even re- recorded a podcast in my car. Like I just turned my iPhone on in my car and I just started just rambling. And uh, that was probably the, some of the very first episodes back in like 20... When did this podcast start? We started this podcast June 3rd, 2018. That was the first podcast I put out. So two and a half... Uh, years ago and now we have this set up and we can have four people on the mics everybody's audio is individually loaded and then we put it in you can splice it you can do a bunch of fancy stuff admittedly i really don't um most of you guys can probably tell i just turn on these episodes and i rip if you watch them on youtube it's me just talking here and we if we have guests on we do the exact same thing i don't edit i don't mess with the audio i keep it real basic and real simple and no matter how big this this podcast ever gets and how many people listen to it I'll always do it the same. I'm not going to put on a fancy song or graphics. It's just, we do that for other programs and this is not it. This is the raw, real version of me. And I just want it to be me talking to you guys, just like we're hanging out at a bar or we're sitting here in the gym after a workout or you came in and, you know, we're just bullshitting on the golf course or whatever it is. And um, I always want it to be that. So, and I keep it fun. I just try to I literally answer questions you guys ask. All this content is based off of what you've asked me and what's kind of going on in my world and what's going on in the fitness world and what's going on in your lives. And uh, I, uh, it provides value because I know you guys listen and the amount of feedback you've given us is why we have kept putting out so many episodes. So again, I appreciate you for that. Next question, weight gain for hard gainers. We actually have a full podcast, my man on hard gainers so you can give it a listen next question what is the best way to overcome a challenge 
What challenge is that? Oh, here it is. For a person like me who sits eight hours at a desk and has super tight hips, hamstrings, and leg muscles, what's the best way to overcome that challenge? One, get your ass up every hour, at least for like five minutes, and do some basic toe touches. If you want to do some inchworms, do some Spider-Man steps, that's great. We have a full free playlist on our YouTube page that's titled Mobility. Subscribe, download it for free. Do all the stuff that's on there. Pick one of the videos, do the Anytime Mobility Flow, you know, once or twice a day for sure. And uh, just don't sit the entire time. And even if you do get up and, uh, you know, do a couple squat to stands. And I'm saying all these things, we're like, what the hell is a squat to stand? What's a Spider-Man step? We literally have this free stuff on our IGTV. You can watch me do it. I actually share now just, you know, one or two or three minute mobility flows on our uh, Instagram page. So you can see those. And again, the YouTube channel has like 50 mobility videos that are free we run a mandatory mobility program once a year as well where you can join us and do full follow-alongs but really just making mobility part of your life that's why i did the program mandatory mobility you have to do it every single day it's like brushing your teeth it does you no good if you do it once every other week do it every single day give a shit about yourself if you suck at something you know how you get better you practice and you practice and you practice better and you practice better and you refine the skill over and over and over again, and then you get good at it. Everything can be improved. Uh, I think there's times where, uh, again, listen to me, guys. I suck at almost everything. I, I have to say this because you guys listen to me, and some of you listen to me for a very long time, and I'm terrible at almost everything. I, I, it, it would shock you at how bad I am at most things. I don't know how to tell directions. I can't really drill holes into walls. I, I don't, everything in my office, when you come in here, you're like, oh, this is so great, so dope. It's all command strips. I don't know how to drill anything. I have Mike D's dad come in here and drill something if I have to. I am an idiot when it comes to so many things. I can't fix anything. I can change the oil in a car. I can change the tire. My dad taught me the basic stuff like that. I can watch YouTube. I'm not a complete, you know, moron. But there's so many things I am bad at. And how I got better at everything I just practiced and mobility was one of them. I was so much tighter in college. I am literally 40 pounds heavier today than I was in college. Muscle, albeit, but I'm also, you know, 15, 16 years older and I have that much wear and tear in my life. Yet I practice mobility every single day. I'm the most mobile I've ever been. I'm the most fluid I've ever been. I'm the overall strongest. I'm in the best shape. And how did that happen? I just kept stretching. I kept doing mobility. I kept foam rolling. I kept trying to improve on it. The way I speak publicly is a trillion times better. Even, and again, there's times now where I still think I did a podcast. I'm like, ah, oh, the podcast sucked. I didn't have energy. I just, I didn't, I didn't, you know, convey the words the right way. How can I get better? And I don't listen to my own shit over. I just know when it's done, if I feel good or if I don't feel good. And I'm like, well, I can be better next time. I can be crisper. I can be more clear. So you have to practice those things. Even with this podcast, we improve the equipment. I try to improve the delivery in what I give you guys and how concise it can be and not waste your time on bullshit. So if you're asking like, how can you best overcome the challenge of sitting on your ass all day? It's getting up and doing something differently. If you're tired of getting the same results you've always got, you can't keep doing the same shit you've always done. That's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing, expecting a different result, which albeit you're seeing that a lot right now around the world, we're doing a lot of the same shit and thinking you're going to get a different result. You have to change something. And if you tried it before and it really didn't work and the same problem came back, you're going to have to switch gears. And 
adapt a different ideology. It's the same thing with this. If you're tight and you want to be mobile and feel better and have better hips and hamstrings and quads, do what people do who are not tight. If you want to be more mobile, do what mobile people do. If you want to eat better, eat what healthy people eat. If you want to be stronger, do what strong people do. If you want to be financially successful, do what financially successful people do. Standing on the shoulders of giants can help you guys a lot, but you have to practice at it and you have to do it consistently over time. Again, I'll always come back to this. You can't do it once in a while. It's what you do consistently over time that makes the biggest difference. Next one. In recent memory, what was your last big accomplishment in regards of your own PRs? Um, for you lay people at home, they're talking about personal records. Uh, man, I don't know if I've tried a PR of anything in a long time. I can do a podcast on this if there's any interest for you guys, but I'm not, uh, I don't take any pride in that stuff. Uh, I don't, it's not like tooting my own horn. I don't really give a shit. The reality is, you know, I'm a 37 year old dude. I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, the last time I did anything that was like a personal record, I rode the assault bike probably a year ago and I got 63 calories in a minute on the assault bike. So that is a record. Is it 63 or 64? It's been so long. I don't know. I am number two on our house records here. I will get Ben Novak on the podcast. Uh, ben had some shit going on, so I had to delay his episode. I will bring him on. Ben has done 75 calories in a minute here, which that I cannot do. But he's also six foot nine, about 300 pounds, so he is a big boy. Uh, but I did 63 cows in a minute, and I laid on the ground here, sick to my stomach for about probably 25 minutes and felt like shit the rest of the night. I guess that would be a PR. Uh, my 1K row time is three minutes and one second on the dot. I believe I can get under three minutes. Uh, so for a thousand meter row, that's doing obviously 130 splits for the full three minutes. And uh, that one was painful for sure. The problem with these things is that you remember how you feel after them and it's like a scarred memory for life. So I don't really want to revisit those, but I can if I need to. It's just, you know, how deep in your pain cave do you want to go? I will say for me, a personal thing like hiking the Grand Canyon, which we did two years ago, rim to rim to rim is something that I'll, I'll never forget. I, I might do it again someday, but man, it, uh, it's a game changer for sure. Other than that, I, I really just, I don't look at, you know, personal records performance wise like that. I don't really train like that anymore. I have no interest in deadlifting, you know, 600 pounds again. I have no interest in, you know, trying to squat over 400 pounds again or bench pressing, you know, 350 pounds again. Like I just don't, I don't care about that stuff. It's cool. And I'm not knocking anybody who that's the way you train. I think it's awesome. Respect. I, I tip my hat to everybody who masters something and and becomes super strong. I just know for me at this age and this point, something's going to go, something's going to tear or pop or rip that doesn't need to, that I'm not going to be able to just, you know, wait a week and it's going to heal back. And that might happen anyway, but I don't want to have something pull or rip out of somewhere it doesn't need to, where I have to have it surgically repaired and attached and put back. And again, that can always happen, but I always ask myself, you know, if I was to go deadlift 610 pounds today, what does it matter? It's just, is it, you know, it's an ego stroke, like, you know, how, how big my dick is today and, and, and throw it on Instagram and tell a couple people think I'm cool. Uh, but, and then if something rips, you know, 
out of my arm or my hamstring, you know, rolls up into my ass, I would be really pissed at myself for doing it. So I don't have a lot of those. I really have just focused on how can I lead by example and share things that are going to help people. And if it's anything, I will say this, if it's PR stuff personally, I would like to do the splits at some point in my life, but it is, I've found that genetically that is very tough for me to do. I feel like my hips or my groin or like something in that area is going to stretch and pull that doesn't need to. And I don't want to feel like Andy uh, from the office and, uh, you know, go full scrotum tear. It's not really what I'm looking forward to. So I'm, I'm very leery of it, but I'm still practicing. So, uh, hopefully that answers the question. Next one. What are the, some of the not so obvious things that you hate and love about the fitness industry? You know, um, we do a lot of good for sure with what we do as uh, professionals here, but on the same note, maybe the biggest thing is just the amount of, uh, and it's, it's, it's obvious, but the amount of disinformation, uh, that's out there for people. I don't like the uh, the snake oil salesman trying to swindle people into doing something that makes them think like it's going to be a miracle or a quick fix because it doesn't exist. It really doesn't. It's um, it, it's hard work over time, eating real food and, and training and uh, and working with what you got with where you're at in life. That's the biggest thing. There's uh, there's nothing else that you can do, and and I hate the way that. It's so sexualized. I'm not a fan of it. And do I take advantage of it? For surely I do. It's how we've built a huge, you know, Instagram platform for sure because it's a visual platform. People stop and look at what you look like. It's it's a huge part of it. That's the biggest, you know, bias and it's the biggest uh, discrimination thing on the planet is how people look. And I'm not talking about like skin color and religion and those things. It's it's if you're, you know, perceived as beautiful or, or sexy or or ugly. And that's the truth. The people who are perceived as attractive get away with more shit. They just do. And they, they, they get they get different opportunities. And uh, we don't talk about that enough. And I'm not trying to get off topic, but it's it's the reality. And they get in our industry sometimes this perceived notion of like experts, like where they're, they really can help people or they've changed so many lives or they know everything because they have a six pack and like, it's just not true. Or they have a great ass and like they, they know everything about squats and lunges and hip thrust. And it's like, it's just not true. It really isn't. The proof is in you helping other people. And when other people are saying like, Hey, this person helped me and they're an advocate and there's, you know, there's testimonials and there's before and afters and there's, you know, not just 10 of them, but like there's hundreds of them, there's thousands of them over the, the period of a career. And that's what really does it. And we, we over-sexualize fitness in America. And, uh, again, I'll play the game you know, for sure. Because, uh, if I don't, then other people are just going to get the influence and they're going to get, uh, you know, the platforms that those of us who really care about the craft aren't going to get. And I don't like that you have to do that. I really don't. And, uh, I've said this before multiple times, like I need to film another shirtless workout. Like I need a, a fucking hole in the head, man. But I know it gets people to stop scrolling and it gets them to watch, and that's the sizzle. And then when they come in here, that's the steak, and we give them the things that are important. So maybe that's how people found me. And they're like, oh, wow, well, that guy actually does share useful stuff and workouts I can do at home, and he shares mobility stuff, and he shares recipes that I can do and solid nutrition advice, and he says things in the podcast that are you know, aligned with my goals and my ideologies and what I want to do and how I want to live my life. And so a lot of you listening right now, if I didn't look this way, you wouldn't know who the fuck I was. 
if I didn't look this way on Facebook and Instagram and men's health and bodybuilding.com and all these people put me on magazine covers and, and, and big platforms and shared my stuff all over the world, you would not be listening to me. So the, the sex part of it, it, it does bring people in. I don't like that. Um, what I love about it is it gives you the ability to, to reach people and, and help people and really see a change in them physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And that's what I think is, is the coolest thing about what I do. And that's why this year has been so probably difficult to, for people to say, hey, stay at home because what you're doing is dangerous and what you're doing is is endangering lives and, and putting people at risk. And I just don't believe that. The more I, I've listened to people throughout this and I've heard all sides and I've looked at all the data, I really, it's disheartening. And that's one of the things I I, I hate about it is that the fitness and health industry that we work in does not get the respect it deserves from the mainstream media and from the public. And I think it's really harming the health of the American people. I really believe that. It's not viewed as important. It's viewed as in just a complete, and it is a luxury item. I'll give you that. Uh, but so are a lot of other things. So is going to Target. Target's not fucking essential. And no, I'm, not, I'm not bagging on them. I, I think Target's great. But it doesn't need to exist. I, I never go there. I never shop there. Nobody ever has to walk in there. And I want it to exist. I want it to be successful. My wife loves it. Most, most people I know love it. Uh, but to say like fitness is not essential to be healthy and to be fit and to do these things and say like those things are, I do hate that about this, this season of life. And I, I obviously I'm biased, but I believe that because I, I see what we do for people's mental health and physical health. And, uh, it, it's tough to, to know what you do is not valued because it doesn't generate the same revenue as these major retail supply chains and stores do. So they're going to have more juice to have a voice when you don't. And that's, one of the toughest things. And so overall, the industry is amazing. And it's very helpful. Obviously, like any, any industry you look at, there's misinformation, and there's people who are in it just to, to make money and take advantage of people. But overall, I love that it lets you really help humans, and it lets you imprint a legacy on people. And the, the changes that we make here, we don't do it, people do it, we just give them the tools to be successful. But when they take that here from us, and they give it to their husband, and they give it to their kids, and they give it to their friends and family. The cascade effect of that, the ripple effect, if you were to skip a rock in the lake, goes so far. That's what we're doing here. It's the butterfly effect, which we've done a full podcast on before. And that's the coolest thing about it. And the community aspect of it, and the friends that I've made, and the people that I've connected to, and the things that I've learned, my life would be completely different without it. And that's what's not talked about enough. Real relationships are built when you're training with other people. They're your team. And when you're doing the same workouts that suck with them or that you're enjoying or you're in a challenge with them, it builds a camaraderie. It builds community. It builds relationships. It builds a strong mental and physical bond that doesn't happen in a lot of other places. And that's the beauty of it. And that's what needs to be talking about more than just, oh, it's just you want to look good. It's not about that, dude. It's about optimal health across the board. And that's what I love the most. Next one. What's your opinion on ZMA? And then for you guys listening out there, ZMA, uh, zinc, uh, magnesium, and I think uh, aspartate. Is that what it is on there? I'm trying to remember like what ZMA is. I'm getting old, man. Um, it's a popular supplement. A lot of fitness enthusiasts use it. 
uh, obviously, you know, uh, the three ingredients, the zinc, the magnesium, and the vitamin B6. Yeah, I'm a fan of zinc, obviously, for sure, for immunity. A lot of people say, uh, you know, it can help with uh, endurance, recovery, sleep quality. Some people say strength. I don't know. Uh, take it. I don't think anything harmful is going to happen. I do take zinc myself. Obviously, it's in athletic greens. But I also take an additional zinc supplement as well. Magnesium's up in the athletic greens too. And then I take a multitude of B vitamins. So yeah, I'm a fan of it for sure. Next one. How do you avoid FOMO? Oh man, I'm getting old. FOMO is, was that fear of missing out? Yeah. And how do you stay energized during the winter when we barely see the sun? Well, question number one, how do I avoid FOMO? Uh, I avoid it easily. I don't fear I'm missing out anything. It's not my thing. Uh, I don't worry about what other people are doing. I don't feel like, I, I know I can't do everything. I got to do what's best for me and what keeps me the healthiest and the happiest. And I can't worry about pleasing everybody else. I got to put my mask on first. I've always done that and I always will. My wife probably at sometimes doesn't like it and probably hates it, but I don't fear missing out anything. The only thing I would fear missing out is, you know, time with friends and family. And I do my absolute best to, uh, to stretch myself to make that always happen. Then how do I stay energized during the winter months when we barely see the sun? Well, my man, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. And it's sunny here about 300 and probably 20 some days a year. So I do not have a problem with that. Uh, I've said this before, I would move. I really would. And uh, I know the world has been weird and I've thought a lot of different things during this. I could probably sell my house today and move somewhere into like an enormous, you know, mansion in a place where housing was way less expensive and still have hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, in the bank. And that would make, you know, I guess life easier, if you will. But I don't want to live somewhere where it's not sunny most of the time. I will say it once in a while in my head. I'm like, well, maybe I could live here. And then it'll be wintertime here for us, where even for us, it's darker for longer. It's not light until probably like 645 now, where usually it's light at like five in the morning. And so I'm driving here and it's pitch dark and it's a little bit colder. And I'm just like, I'm not motivated. It's just, it's tough, man. So how do I stay energized during that? I move. I used to live in the Midwest and I had to move, dude. And I said it before, I'm a completely different person because of it. I feel way better. I feel way healthier. I feel way happier. I have a more positive attitude. The sunshine and the light just really changes my mood. It really does. And there's no there's no two ways around it. So uh, I know that's not the answer you wanted to hear, but I feel for you guys. It'd be really tough to be locked up at home when it's dark and it's cold. And it would just suck, dude. Admittedly, this, this season of life has sucked. And I said this when they were telling us to stay at home and not leave our house and not go anywhere. My wife and I, every single day in like March and April, we're just like, thank God we have a pool. Thank God the weather is so nice here. Thank God it's sunny every day. And it just, as weird as we felt and as like eerie and strange as it was, it was just, it was way better when it's 85 degrees and you got a pool and you're playing Bob Marley at your house. It's just like, it's a relaxing environment and it makes you want to be active and go out and do stuff. And in the Midwest, I just was not that way. So respect to you guys who can do it, but I had to move. So I had to tap out basically. Next one. What's your biggest fear in life slash the fitness industry? Um, my biggest fear in life. I don't know what my biggest uh, fear would be. Um, I don't really like walk around being fearful of anything. I uh, I guess 
I would be, I'm not fearful of it. I guess the things that would bother me is would be losing people closest to me. Uh, it's happened before. It's not super fun. You know, I think you're, most of us who are lucky, you're going to lose your grandparents. You're going to lose your parents. Um, and hopefully you don't have to lose people who are younger than you, but that's uh, a shitty thing. I don't walk around being fearful of it, but it is a sad thing and it's, it's inevitable. Um, I guess, what do I fear? Uh, I'm trying to think. I just, I live life. I, I don't, I'm not afraid of this season of life. I'm not afraid of, you know, what, what can come my way. I just, I do the best I can and put myself in a position to be successful. And I try to just keep things positive and move forward. I will be sad when my dog dies for sure. My dog is 10 going on 11 years old. And my wife and I sometimes talk about it and I even get just like sad thinking about it. I'm like, man, that dog, I love it more than people. And I'm like, it would be really, it'd be really depressing. And it'd be a real tough day. And I don't, I won't want to talk about it on the podcast. I won't want to talk about it on social media. I don't want anybody to mention it to me. I want it to just happen and just try to move forward. Because if somebody mentions it to me, I'm going to break down. I'm going to start crying, you know, like I'm a six-year-old. And it'd be really tough for me. So those, I guess that's probably my biggest fears, right? And for the fitness industry, honestly, like I touched on before, it's just that we don't get the respect that we deserve and keep getting vilified um, as not being important and not being essential and not being an integral part in people being healthier in this country and around the world and acting like, oh, people can just do all this shit at home. Well, if they could fucking do that, dude, they already would have done it. And 400,000 people a year wouldn't die in America of heart disease alone. That's one person every 36 seconds dropping dead from being overweight from having diabetes, from not being active, from eating and drinking shit. If it was so easy to do, everybody would already do it. Everybody would look like Brad Pitt from Troy. We'd all be walking around, this would be the movie fucking 300, and no one would have a shirt like Matthew McConaughey and be running around just shredded. But they're not. So my fear is that we keep getting like, well, you don't really have to go to those places. Yeah, sure, you don't have to. I could be super fit in my garage, but I'm going to be super fit either way. But very few people walk around, look and move and feel like I do. That's the thing. Like, that's my fear is that we keep saying, oh, well, you don't have to do that. And we keep pushing things like pharmaceuticals over natural vitamins and minerals and whole foods. We keep pushing things like uh, get a shot, take these uh, prescription pills. But we don't talk about eat better food, sleep better, don't stress as much, don't drink as much alcohol. My fear is that that becomes the norm. And we look to that for the answers because the money's there. And we don't look at the real fucking answers, the stuff that is much cheaper, short term and long term and cheaper overall. And that is the solution to the problem, not a bandaid on a fucking gunshot wound. And that's what we're trying to do right now, actually, in the world. We're trying to put a bandaid on a gunshot wound. And we're acting like these things are the answers. They can be part of the answers. But the real stuff, how do you be healthy? How do you make a nation, how do you make people healthy, you guys? You get them to exercise regularly. You get them to get quality sleep. You get them to drink water. You get them to eat whole, real, nutrient-dense foods packed with vitamins and minerals. And you supplement around that the things that they cannot get with real food, whether it's greens and C and D and zinc and fish oils. And you can add in anything else you want to that. And don't stress and don't consume a ton of processed sugars. Don't consume a ton of fucking alcohol. That is my fear that we keep preaching this other shit and not all the things I just mentioned. 
That's a problem. And you can see why we're stuck where we're stuck right now. Because we haven't been doing that. And that's the crazy thing. And that's, that is a concern of mine that I'm like, I don't know why. I do know why because there's no money in it. There's no money in it for anybody if we are all super healthy and fit. And that's the sad, crazy thing about the world that we live in today. And people are like, oh, Jeremy, you're crazy. It's a conspiracy. I'm like, is it? Look around, dude. Like, ask yourself why your doctors aren't all super healthy. Ask them why they're not pushing those things. Why would they would push these highly addictive pharmaceutical things on you? There's money in that, dude. It's again, I'm not, I'm a fan of real drugs. If you're sick and you need to get a Z pack, take it for sure. If you have to get on a blood pressure medication and that's the only answer, sure, do it. There are certain ailments where only those things can mitigate what that specific problem is. But what can help that? Not being overweight, not getting type 2 diabetes, drinking water, exercising, eating right. People are like, you keep saying the same thing. That's the only fucking answer. That's all there is. My fear is that there's not enough voices like mine that get the reach. They're not putting me on, on TV. I'm not getting to talk to 75 million people at a time. I'm getting a big enough audience as it is, and over time it's going to grow. But that's the message that we have to get out there. And my fear is that we keep looking for other solutions and not focusing on the real problem. Because it's way easier to say, take a pill. Get a shot here. Do this here instead of saying, hey, you got to revamp your whole fucking lifestyle because that's the answer is revamping their entire lifestyle of how they eat, how they train, how they sleep and how they live their life. And that's not as simple as just a prescription. And that takes time, effort, energy that very few people want to put in and very few people want to coach people through it. That's why it's hard to be in this life because you're fighting an uphill battle every single day from every single direction. <sighs> Sorry, that's uh, I'm getting a little bit worked up here this afternoon. Next question. Uh, knee health, strengthening mobility, injury prevention, rehabilitation, that works. Um, you got to talk to your PT, talk to your doctor. And uh, obviously, you know, there's a ton of stuff we put on our YouTube page and our Instagram that can help. But uh, mobility is going to be the key for sure. And it obviously depends on the, the, the injury and, and what else is going on there. Next one. What are some not so obvious things? No, I already got that. Oh, picking back up this. What are some things that you would change about the fitness industry? Um, you know, I think I've, I've kind of covered this, uh, hopefully in a broad enough scale for you guys. I don't want to go into ranting and I feel like you guys are going to be like, man, this dude's going crazy. I just, I want people to really be in it for the right reasons. I guess that'd be the one thing I'd change about anything. I think that of every industry, I think that of the medical industry, I think that of the pharmaceutical industry, I think that of the government, I think out of anything, I want people to be in it for the right reasons. And I want people to do it because they actually want to help other people. And they're not about advancing their own, you know, station. They're not about just making money. They're not about just doing it for what's in it for them. I want them to be a person of service, a person who gives back, a person who gives a shit about the general population and the public. That's the changes I'd want to see. I want people to get into it for not just to make money and rip people off. I want people to get into it because they actually want to help other people. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Because 15 years ago, there wasn't money in fitness like there is now for very, very few people. Even then, it wasn't the same. Now you can make money in fitness. And sometimes the more, you know, dishonest and sleazy you are up front, the more money you can make quickly. And you can sell people on a pipe dream and you can sell them on bullshit. And uh, I I would like to see that change over time. And I think it will, the more educated people become and the, the snake oil stuff and the one trick pony stuff will 
will fall to the wayside. And the people who are willing to stick it out, especially during this, man, um, if you can make it through now, you're uh, you're one of the real ones. And, uh, you know, real recognizes real, as, uh, as the great philosopher Jay-Z once said. So I appreciate you guys who are in it to really help people. And you do it despite all the shit you've had to, uh, you've had a breakthrough. So next one. For those who have an active job, what are some tips for exercising without overdoing it? You know, just finding a program that fits uh, your 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 goals and what you want to do. I think the 3 by 52 is most ideal. Working out three times a week for 52 weeks is great. Uh, crushing it for 30 minutes in those sessions is probably more than enough. And then going on walks or hikes or just playing with your kids and doing mobility and, you know, riding a bike and doing fun stuff on the other days I think is great. But uh, you just have to make time for it. Whether you do it before work, in between work or after work, but you just have to make it mandatory to work out at least three times a week legitly. And try to make it a goal to, to walk every day, at least 10,000 steps, I think would be a, a real good metric to live by. And I think if you do that, you're going to be all right, man. Next one, how to make a more realistic goal. How do you do it? Well, it just depends where you're at. How old are you? How much you weigh? How strong are you? How do you eat? How do you train? How many days a week can you work out? How many days a week do you want to work out? Do you have any pre-existing conditions, any pre-existing injuries? And set small goals. And then set some medium range goals and set some big goals. And once you have the goals in place, then do this. Spend more time writing down the process to get there. What does it look like to reach those goals? And what are you willing to give up, sacrifice, and dedicate repeatedly over time to reach the short, medium, and long-term range goals? That's it. I say to my wife all the time, you want to live somewhere? You want to live in a $3 million house? What do you got to do to get there? I have no, I'm down for anything. But if you want to do something that most people can't do, you have to have a process in place to get there. And you're going to have to sacrifice and give up things and dedicate time, effort, and energy to get there consistently. And if you don't, it's not going to happen. And that's the bigger thing. I think with all goals, you said it's the process in getting those goals is going to make the biggest difference. Next one, deep thought, ways to get back into routine you enjoy. Uh, you know, it's pretty basic. Um, you just, you got to do things you like. You got to find a coach. You got to find a community. You got to find a program of things you enjoy uh, that you like to do. And yeah, you're not going to like every workout you come in here and do. And every workout we prescribe in our online coaching programs, you're not going to like either. And some of you might hate them and you might curse my name and think I suck and I'm a complete idiot. But you enjoy the complaining with me and at me and with your fellow workers and you enjoy the challenge of it and you enjoy the feeling of putting in a hard day's work and you enjoy making progress and that's the biggest key you just have to you have to love part of the process you don't got to love everything you don't got to love every day but if you're going to get into a routine and it's going to stick you have to see a the importance of it you have to see the payoff of it and you have to enjoy parts of it in order to be successful for the long term. And you have to, it has to mean something to you more than just surface level. I wouldn't do this every day if it was just to make money. And if it was only to make money, I would do this a lot differently, a lot differently. And one day I may, who knows, but, uh, I do what I need to do right now. And I do a lot of the things I do now because I either enjoy them. I love them or I will exhaust myself. Like now I'm, I'm super tired uh, immediately right now. It's two 30. I'm dragging ass and I still got to work out and I got to get home and lay down. I got a busy couple days here, but 
I'm willing to do that because it's important to you guys. And I think it will help you. And so ways to get back into a routine you enjoy, it has to mean something to you on something more than the surface level. So find the importance, find the meaning, remind yourself why it means something to you. And let that be the thing that lights a fire on your ass every single day to keep things moving. So that, my friends, I believe is a majority of the questions that you had asked me today on here. Hopefully, uh, I didn't get too crazy and I gave you guys the answers you were looking for. Um, if you have other specific requests for the podcast, whether it be for Heather and myself. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. Last one. Uh, the last question here is uh, playing sports. Do you miss it? And uh, I've talked about this before uh, on a bunch of podcasts. The answer is, yeah, you always miss it. You're never going to not miss it. I don't think about it every single day, for sure, because um, I live a different life now. I'm a different person, and uh, I have different goals, different priorities. But, yeah, you for surely miss the, uh, you miss the competition. You miss the, the camaraderie. You miss your teammates. You miss even the things you used to bitch about. Uh, the, the mandatory workouts and uh, the traveling and uh, the jokes and the friendships, you really do. And I miss the competing aspect of it just because there's no energy that's like it where you can play off the energy of a crowd and, you know, people are screaming. Uh, even the ones that hated me, I, I liked it, man. It, um, it motivated me. I always was a younger kid, cause I, maybe because I grew up so angry and pissed off. A lot of my motivation came from just being pissed and trying to prove people wrong. And when people would say I couldn't do something or said I sucked or hated me, the the haters actually fueled the work. And, and it's a terrible, I don't know if it is or not, but I always, now that I'm older, I think it's a terrible place to operate from. But I always operated when the people who hated on me the most, if you go to a, you know, we'd be, you know, some other city some other state and the crowd is there and they're just screaming at you because they, they know your name. So they have the program. They know where you're from. They know your number. They'll comment on, you know, how you wear your, your Jersey, uh, what your hair looks like, everything. And, uh, they'll just talk mad shit about you, especially if you get close enough to the silence and you can hear it. Like you hear that stuff. And, uh, I miss it. I, I miss that because it was something where like, when you get on social media, it's different. People will hate on you and you can't really, there's no getting back at them for that. And they're attacking you typically on social personally. I never took the stuff personal, even if they would make it personal to you. I liked it because you get a, a crowd that was, you know, into their team and their fans and respect to them. And they would talk a bunch of shit to you and it gets you hyped up. And then when you just start, you just start cooking, man. Like you're just, you're a hot plate. Like you get it, pull up, jumper, boom. And it's like, you just give them a little stare. And if you really start just roasting them, I mean, then you can... I wouldn't jaw back to the crowd, but I always give them a little look, you know, to be like, yeah, you guys are feeling this as you're just like lighting their team on fire. Like you're just murdering these guys. Like you're just, and you just get in this straight, like assassin mode. Like you're just a fucking killer. You're the Terminator and just like, boom, boom, boom. And I love that, man. I loved when you're getting into it with like maybe another dude and they, they have this guy on and he's hounding you. He's chasing you. He's kind of grabbing you a little bit. And Regardless, like you just boom, two dribble, create some space, bucket. And you just, and then you hear you, and especially if you're in your home arena and those guys are cheering, it's like you feed off that. You can be tired as shit and you hit a jumper and it's just like, boom, instant energy. Like you feel that. And it's, even if when you run out for, for warmups, right? 
and the crowd and it, whether it's if you want to go like college, high school, whatever, like the band is playing or like your guys' warm-up music is on, you know, and DMX is playing and you come out and you're going through warm-ups and it's like you always feel like you could jump five or six inches higher and you're just like you're throwing these down like the dunks, like they're the easiest thing in the world and you're just, you're hyped. you got an extra bounce in your step and you just feel good. Um, and, and the highs and lows of it, right? Like you never, I, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but like when you're competing, and this is a question you asked, do I miss sports? Yeah, because in, the, in that hour window, there's so many highs and lows. You can feel so awesome and so energized and have so much adrenaline and you can get crushed so easily and feel so defeated and so shitty in the same 60-minute window. It can happen in a matter of minutes. You can be winning a game. You can be up by 20 and they go on a run and all of a sudden you're up by two and it feels like you're losing even though you're winning because of the momentum shift of the game. You can feel the energy shift. If you've ever played sports, you know what I'm talking about. You can feel that change. You can feel like when they're going on a run or like when you're, you know, cooking somebody and it's just how you, the high that you feel, like you're fucking invincible, that you can beat the shit out of the world and you feel that. You feel like you can't miss. You feel like you're, the, you're Michael Jordan for a moment. Even if you only have it for 14 minutes, you feel like, I'm sure he feels all the time. And on the same note, you see when someone else is doing it on the other side, when they got a Kobe and they're just murdering you and you're like, dude, this dude doesn't miss. Like, this is unreal. Like, they're just unconscious. It's, there, there's so many emotions in the highs and lows of it and the training that goes into it because you give up so much, so much free time, so much effort, so much energy, and you sacrifice to be good at something. And then you can put that skill to a test of somebody else and you can compare skills and you can compare talents and you can compare teams. And it's a really a neat thing. And when it's over, it's over. And uh, you never get that back, man. You really never do. I, I live a life now where you probably have the closest thing to it, but uh, it's not the same. It really isn't. So to ask if I miss it, for surely I do. And I miss basically everything about it, all the all the bad stuff and all the good stuff for sure. But most importantly, I, I do miss killing people. I, I really do, man. Um, it's always inside me. It, it'll never go away. And uh, But I miss the, the people. I miss my friends. I miss uh, seeing those guys on a daily basis and just, you know, I miss that uh, era of life because it was great. I love this too. I love my life right now. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I do, I do miss how, how fun it was and how simple it was of a time in life and uh, how your main focus was a game and the most important thing in your life was a game and all the other shit in the world just kind of washed away regardless of what was going on with politics or the economy or anything else. Didn't fucking matter. You just, you cared about getting buckets and you cared about winning and you cared about being better at your craft. And, and your the most important thing in my life was a game. The most important thing in my life was just a game we played, a child's game that we played as grown men. And uh, yeah, man, I miss it for sure, if you can't tell. So anyways, hopefully you guys enjoyed that and answered the questions. Again, if you got other questions, hit me up. I'm happy to share them. Reminder, our 50 Days of Fitness is kicking off here in 10 days. If you're interested, links in my Instagram bio. I'm happy to give you guys a podcast discount code where we'll work out together the last 50 days of the year. We'll keep it fun. We'll keep it funky. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. If you still aren't taking Athletic Greens, you guys, 20 free travel packs come right to you. And if you're really on the fence, I'll have Monica send a pack right to your front door. You can try it. Then take me up in the offer. I'm happy to give it to you guys. The one thing I take every single day, and I never miss a day. So if you happen to be on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me a five-star Leave a couple comments. Go to your podcast app on your iPhone. Scroll your finger all the way down. Five-star that thing. Leave me a review. If I answered your question, 
and you've never left a review before, leave a review. Even Steven. I appreciate you guys for that. And uh, I'll be back later in the week. I got a busy week here this week, but I'll get some stuff out to you guys probably on like the 6th, the 7th, uh, and the 8th. And then obviously we'll talk about our 50 days of fitness and that stuff till then. So you guys have some time uh, if you really want to get into it, but I think it'll be fun and we'll uh, we'll keep it sweaty together during that. So appreciate you guys. Have an amazing Halloween. Um, stay safe, stay sweaty. Don't eat too much Halloween candy. It's not that good. It's really not worth it. But if you're going to eat it, eat the shit you really like and uh, make sure you get your ass up tomorrow and work out and uh, don't be a lazy ass. So appreciate you guys. And until next time, uh, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.